Hello there and happy Monday entrepreneurs. So this is the official wrap up episode of the month of December of 2021. Can you wrap your head around that? Because I cannot. Um, I'm actually really excited to what 2022 can bring for all of you and for myself going into the new year. And I can't think of a better episode to kind of bridge the gap between the two years than today's. So without further ado, I am jumping in with the amazing Alex Weber. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. Hey there, entrepreneur, and welcome to today's show. You're going to have a good time on this episode, folks, because our guest today is Alex Weber, and he is an international speaker, award-winning entertainer, and my children were very excited to hear this, not going to lie, an American ninja warrior, positively inspiring millions to achieve breakthrough success. And he recently launched an amazing book that is called Fail Proof, Become the Unstoppable You, which folks... We're listening to this in the new year, and I know many of you are looking for a great resource to help you through it. So you're going to want to check out that book on Amazon. So Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be a good convo. I could tell from doing the research. I just know when some when I you know research people and I watch certain videos, I'm like, oh yeah, we'll we'll be fine oh, on this. Oh, that's awesome. And um, I know we got we got the Northeast uh, backgrounds together too. So I know. Yeah. So let's, let's kick it off. You know, I want you to take us back. Like I was telling you before this, I recently, recently watched your Ted talk about sucking, which Bravo, fantastic topic, as well as great delivery. Go Google it folks, because it's wonderful. You know, in that talk, you brought up a picture of your younger self, bowl cut and all friends, and you did a beautiful job of explaining the then versus the now. So could you tell us a little bit about that and bring us, you know, through your journey to date? Yeah. So, uh, got to rock the bowl cut. I mean, that's almost, mm-hmm. you know, you have to go through yep. a phase at least yep, once yep. of, uh, and, uh, you know, so my, I, I joke with people that I was an accident kid b- because I was, you know? And so what that meant is that my siblings were, were much older and I would often go to their hockey games, lacrosse games, field hockey, whatever, whatever my brother and sister were doing. And I would just want to be like them. So lacrosse specifically and hockey, you know, I would go to my brother's games and I would have my little mini stick. And in that photo, I got a Snoopy sweatshirt because you got to rep Snoopy. It was pretty great. It was pretty yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was just playing. And I think that is really the key that, that we lose as adults is, you know, not in a corny way of play, but in a real way of, of just doing and actually having some joy in doing it. Cause I remember going to those games and there'd be a whistle and the teams would all go for timeouts. And I would grab a ball that probably I shouldn't have grabbed and <laughs> run onto the field, which I probably shouldn't have done. And I'd shoot. And cause I was just so excited yeah. to play the sport that I enjoyed. 
And, you know, lacrosse has been a, that was my first real dream and purpose and goal. And I will say that, you know, I reached some really wonderful highs and some really rough that broke my heart lows in it. And, and if I'm tracing it back, it really was when I lost that sense of play that led to the lower moments. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting. I have a friend, Catherine Price, who just is putting out a book called the power of fun. Right. Mm, And that, you know, that. that feeling that you get when you do put play back in the mix. Right. And you're not doing something, not, I am, I am 100% on board with driving for goals, folks. I'm a coach and this is business, but you know, there is that sense of play to be valued too. Right. I I a hundred percent agree. And I I think this is the biggest, you know, kind of reframe with it. And I only learned it when I was a coach um, because when I was playing high school lacrosse, I was so intense and my high school cross was a high school lacrosse coach was amazing. Paul Carcateri is a legend. Um, but I was really rough on myself, but I still loved the sport. And then when I got to college, that really caught up with me. And I think what I realized in uh, when I became a coach was that playing doesn't mean you're not giving a ton of effort. It doesn't mean you're not fully committed. It doesn't mean right. you want this so dang badly. What it means is that you just still have that joy. Because my background, I think a lot of people's was one where if you're laughing, if you're smiling, it kind of means you're being lazy or you're slacking yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until I coached and we, we, we won the championship my first year, I was awarded U.S. Lacrosse Coach of the Year. And really it was, I realized, oh my gosh, when we're having fun, when we're getting loud, when we're getting rowdy and we're hyping each other up and yeah. we're going all out, that's when a lot of good stuff happens. Yeah. I mean, and can... Can we just, just, I feel like all adults just need to remember that on so many levels, gosh, because you're exactly right. Like imagine, and also the freedom in that, like you hear a lot about it, like, oh, it didn't feel like work. Like when you're, when you're in that kind of sense of flow and fun and stuff. Right. So I imagine like, that's something that you take into a lot of aspects of your life nowadays. And it, it, you know, yields really great results. Right. It does. And you know, it's funny because obviously we're not going to enjoy everything. I, I don't, I'm sure you don't, but like this, for example, I imagine this is fun to some degree yeah, to do. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm having a blast. Yeah. So, uh, so I think also just finding the joy in what we're doing. And that doesn't mean, you know, later on, I got to edit a project and yeah. Is that the most fun? No, but it's still overwhelmingly part of something that I love to do. And I think those kind of perspective reframes, can, can really do a lot because it can be a little eye roll esque to talk about have to versus get to right, right. really do get to do so many wonderful things and just reframing that a little bit or finding the moments of what we do like about what we're doing can mean everything. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. There was a, there was a team that I was on years back and every day we kind of had to come into the status of like, what were you doing today? You know, what's on your list. Right. And after a while, you know, one person interjected with, no, I get to show up at this meeting or I get to do this. And it was amazing to see the, like, you know, the domino effect almost or how catchy that, that was. Cause then all of a sudden you're right. You know, it might be a little eye roll worthy, but I'll take it because it's it's such a great perspective shift. It is. And, you know, at the end of the day, and I talk a lot in in that, in that talk in the book about endure versus embrace. Yeah. There's going to be moments that yes, we're just like, all right, let's just get through this. And of course we're human, but the more that we can minimize those moments, because if we really just look at it, what are we enduring them? Okay. We're enduring this meeting. We're enduring the morning. 
okay, we just got to get through today. We just yeah. got to get through this week. We just yeah. got to get, get to the month, get to the holiday. There's a hard stop for us all. Exactly. And yeah. if we're not mindful, we're going to fall into that trap of, of enduring our lives, you know? Yeah. And how's, how like scary slash sad slash so many other words that I could put against that. Right. Like, I mean, it takes away your intentionality. It takes away your autonomy over your life. If you're just enduring it. Right. So you're just like, to your point, just trying to get to the next marker, right. Whether it's Friday, you hear that a lot in entrepreneurship, like you shouldn't Friday shouldn't be a thing. If you're an entrepreneur, whether or not that's correct, who knows, but you know, I love the fact that you're saying like this enduring and at some point as adults, that's like a rule or something. Like we need to shift yeah. from embracing to adore enduring, which is just silly to me. <laughs> well, entrepreneurship, especially, and you know, we can, we can, I can share a little bit about some of the backgrounds, but yeah. I had really, I never sought out to do it. And I think the, uh, the buzz around that title only start, you know, kind of started after my initiation into yeah. it. Yep. Um, but usually I found if you're going to do entrepreneurship, there has to be something you love about it. Yeah. If we're just running from a nine to five, yes, that's powerful. But I imagine, and I hope if someone's listening to this and you are doing entrepreneurship, that you love either the business, the product, the craft that you're doing, yeah. or you love the sense of ownership and, and building a culture and building, providing for your team and, and things like that. But just to f- stay close to those. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I like the fact that you said like that, if you're just running from a nine to five, cause I had a yeah. mentor once who said to me when I was in, when I was in corporate and I was running these like crazy stressful teams and stuff. And I remember her saying like, Michelle, make sure that you're never running away from something. So we were talking about job prospects and maybe looking, and she said, make sure you are always running toward and not right. away. And that was something that like, I really, I still use that today when it comes to different projects, but to your point, you know, so tell us a little bit more about your jump into entrepreneurship. You've had such a cool ride too, like so many twists and turns. So tell us. (laughs) Well, thank you. And you bring up another good point about, you know, the running aspect too, which we can hop into because gosh, we're all go, go, go. Trust Mm -hmm. me. I'm I'm like, I've been go, go, go. And I, I think I, if there's like a space in my calendar, I'm like, well, I gotta do, you know, it feels wrong. It It feels wrong sometimes. And it's, I think there's also like a nuance of just being present in, you know, in present again, not in a, an eye roll way, but just like being in exactly what we're doing. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, gosh, the different chapters, I mean, so I was, my first dream was to play college lacrosse. Uh, and I did that. I, I, I joke, you know, I was right on that Stifler branding. Um, you know, I was fraternity <laughs> college lacrosse. Like, uh, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. We just dated ourselves right there. I'm sure everyone gets that <laughs> reference though. That is listening to this, knowing my demo, but very well put. <laughs> and uh, the, um, you know, when I, I was supposed to go into finance and that was really just because my university was known for it. UPenn as a phenomenal finance program. Yep. Everyone on the lacrosse team went into that, all the alumni. So it wasn't the kind of thing where like people joke, like if your friends jumped off a bridge, it was the kind of thing where like all my friends were going into really great jobs. I Why just not? Kind of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just knew it. I just knew so deep down that it wasn't right for me. Um, and I remember, gosh, I was working at what is now Morgan Stanley. It was Smith Barney. And I hated it so much that I would, we had the top floor of this office building and there was in caddy corners, there was like an office, like a supply center, Xerox, whatever. I would take a huge stack of papers. I'd walk the perimeter to one area and staple it all. 
and then look really busy and walk the other way and take out the stable and shuffle them up. Really laps because I was like, I don't want anyone to tell me to do stuff. I don't want to do anything here. And even knowing that, I still stayed on that path because I I was frankly too scared to go off it. And then one night, um, and this is in the book, I encourage people to just ask themselves, what do you want for your moments on earth? Yeah. And I asked myself that question. I just wrote down with brave honesty, which is another thing, you know, we live in a time where it's really tough to take off those blankets of judgment and fear yeah. and what ifs. But I was just like, all right, this is my answer. And I wrote it. And next morning I read what I wrote. And that morning I stopped with finance and I started going into entertainment. And uh, that really was, that was one of the most foundational shifts in my life. And then I've asked that question often and made shifts. And sometimes those are scarier than others. Um, So I just encourage anyone listening just to ask that question. Yeah. I mean, and to make the shift into entertainment, been there a little, not in the level that you have, that is a brave shift in itself, friend. Like that takes a lot of putting yourself out there and a lot of vulnerability and a lot of, you know, a different, different level, I think, than people realize. Um, Well, I know that you went through it as well, you know, switching from law and, or, you know, not as primarily focused on that. And it's, it is, and entertainment definitely gives you a tough skin because I just, the amount of rooms that like you walk in and you're like, here's my best. And they're like, not for us. Exactly. Not best enough, friend, not tall enough, not skinny enough, not big enough. Not. (laughs) It was just, so I went out and this is just silly. You know, I don't often talk about these, but I I think it's kind of funny. I I left and I was like, okay, I'm going to be an actor. And really it was only because I didn't even know what entertainment was. And that's the only thing that I could think of. Yeah. And it felt like I would walk into all these rooms trying to be someone else. And immediately they were like, terrible, out of here. And I was like, okay, this is this stings. Okay. <laughs> and then I found out, which I know this sounds silly, but I found out that hosting was a thing. It's just one of those, you know, and, and, and I can't even poke fun at myself because leading up to what I knew ne- do now, it was only a few years ago that I found out keynote speaking was a, was a career. And, and, and so I, I don't, I think things you can have chapters, Um, but hosting was really transformative because it was how you're being right now. It's how I'm being right now. It's how the people listening, it's how you're with your friends and your family. And that once I embraced that path, which was more aligned, it wasn't very long before I got hired by FX and then the Grammys and then NBC American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is when you're hosting, you are holding so much space, right? Which I'm sure that you, and there's, there's gotta be a love for that, right? Like when you're sitting there and you're like, okay, it's an intimacy too. I think people don't realize, I hear that a lot about podcasting is like, you're coming right into somebody's ears (laughs) or, you know, right under, under somebody's TV. So it takes a slightly different level of confidence versus Mm -hmm. if you're in an ensemble or or a group Mm -hmm. setting, I would think, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a great way of putting it, holding space. And, and you're right with podcasting. That is a very intimate, like it, you're in the eardrum. Yeah. Uh, but it was, I really loved doing it. And, you know, what was, I mean, Steve Jobs has that great quote of, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect right. them looking backwards. Right. And, yep. you know, what I've also thought is, okay, but what is making the dots? And I went that night in college where I asked myself, what do you want for your moments on earth? I wrote down these three words and it was everything to me. It was follow your fire. And that asking myself what fires me up and then doing it. It's funny because we all want type a very evaluated success, right? Measured success. 
And it can seem like indulging your passion or indulging what fires you up seems a little ethereal or reckless. Mm -hmm. What I have found is that every success in my life that has ended up as a credential or something that is type A, you know, nailed it, started with what do I want for my moments on earth? Follow your fire and then giving everything I have to it. So I just encourage someone to not get too caught up in the measured analytics and go to a little bit more of foundational. What is going to activate your best qualities? What do you give a damn about? What do you want to wake up and give yourself to? Wow. Activate your best qualities. That is a fantastic line right there. And I, (laughs) yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, I think you're exactly right. There's society's definition of success. There's so many different kind of like yeah. you, you said like that type A or that overachieving, you know, run your ass off kind of success yeah, yeah. model. Right. Um, but I mean, I'm always a fan of telling, asking people like, well, what's your definition of success in this chapter of your life? So because good. I imagine it, it looked a little differently than when you were coming out of college versus maybe now. And like, to your point, you're activating different parts of yourself as you're getting older too. Right. And, and more experienced. That's, I mean, I'm going to slow clap that because that hits home <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, what is your definition of success in this chapter? And I, I, I think that is a beautiful question because there really are chapters and you know, I, I, there's definitely some through lines. I'm kind of reflecting now as I'm thinking about that, there's definitely some through lines, but your wants change a little bit. And, uh, so some fluidity to that, you know, I, it's funny. I, I have a very stark in my mind. I I grew up with a very stark, you, you win or you lose. Yes. And to some degree that is correct. You know, I have come from sports and very much that's very tangible. You, right. you win or you lose. I yeah. also come from stand-up comedy. You get the laugh or you don't get the laugh. It's exactly. very yep. tangible and you want to jump, you know, into traffic when you don't get the laugh. Exactly. But um, it's, you know, it's something where I've learned more and more that it's a trap to only look at the end result. And those are very powerful. They are because mm-hmm. at the end of the, at the, end of the, the quarter, at the end of the relationship, you're either going to feel great or you're not, but there's so much more growth that happens in the doing that leads to those. Right. And wonderful segue friends into failure, by the (laughs) way, thank you. You set it up. I'll knock it out. Okay. So, you know, I mean, I think that's what you've got too, when you're talking about the kind of this black and white thinking of winning and losing, and you're exactly right. They're tangible, like either somebody won five to nothing or they lost on the nothing end. Right. But when it comes to things like failure, which, you know, I want you to get into your book and leave a lot and left time for that, you know, there is also black and white thinking, failure, bad, success, good, right? Yeah. So tell me your, give me your two cents around that whole topic. Well, okay. So I don't want to <laughs> fail. That's one of my worst. Of course fears. not. Who wants to sometimes? <laughs> like, so, I, you know, I, but what I, I, you know, begin the book with this, my belief that we just have a massively misunderstood as a society belief and understanding of what failing is. Failure means it's done. If you stop doing something, then yes, you failed. It's failure. It's over. But if you fail, fail becomes failing, which is forward momentum. That's progress. That's growth. You're getting there. And and I, I think, you know, so often we will attempt to do something and it doesn't go great. And so we start to adopt what I call dangerous lies that we're not capable 
of, of doing this thing. You know, so maybe someone listening, if, if it's, you're not great with numbers or you're not great with public speaking, or you're not that funny, or you're not athletic, or you're not worthy of love, whatever it might be, maybe a relationship told you that maybe you spoke in front of people one time and it didn't go great. Or every time it, you know, isn't, isn't going great right now, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it. And that was my biggest learning with American Ninja Warrior is that everything is learnable. You just have to be willing to go through this period of failing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and what you just said, the distinction between failure and failing is kind of like the, I am versus I am, you know, the other thing, like Brene Brown speaks a lot about like the shame aspect of like, I did that wrong versus I am wrong. Right. So like when you said like that failure, like I'm a failure, gosh, you hear that a lot. And it's like, you didn't even give yourself enough runway. Um, to own that title. Like, that's what I want to say to some folks to be like, what, what like gives you the social proof that you can own a whole title around being a failure? Like not just like one instance, but like you just labeled yourself that just the same as I would label myself a coach or you would label yourself a television host, like same thing, but that's a pretty big weight to wear. It is. And, and you know, I, it's funny, this phrase, and it was from a lacrosse player who uh, I just saw a game and he was like, you know, it's a volume game. And what he means by that and what, you know, Steph Curry and what Wayne Gretzky, when he says we miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take is you got to shoot. Yeah. You got to shoot. Yeah. You're not going to score. You're not going to win if you don't shoot. But the thing is, is one, not letting your misses get to you too much. I mean, they can get to you and yeah. they can fire you yeah. up and trust me, I have you. a lot that have. But to not focus our time and energy on dwelling on those. And, and really the quickest hack into that is what I've you know, found with American Ninja Warrior, just because I was failing so often when I was getting into it, was that there is a system. And most people, the first thing that happens anytime we fail or hit a setback or adversity, whether you miss a deal or you get shut down by someone you asked on a date or whatever it might be, right. you go to do a workout class, you, you end up running a 45 minute mile, whatever it might be. We have an emotional reaction. And for a lot of people, I've spoken and worked with thousands of people, a lot of people, that emotional reaction is too much to handle. And yeah. so they either stop or what I found to be the most common is quiet disengagement, just <laughs> backing away a little bit, yeah, avoiding opportunities, being a little more hesitant if we do do that. And that is what's more common and dangerous. So if we can just acknowledge that these waves are going to come and go, John Kabat-Zinn, mindfulness expert, can't stop the waves, but you can learn how to surf. Uh, If we just acknowledge that those are going to come and go, feel it and use it, but then move forward, that will change everything. Exactly. I mean, and that's, I mean, I don't know how much you know about our kind of definition of resilience here in this podcast, but it is embracing the spectrum of emotions that comes with a situation and still moving forward versus the dictionaries, like kind of like bounce back and you're good. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Because the emotions, (laughs) the emotions are inevitable, right? And at some point in time, we voted off like the quote unquote bad emotions off the island, right? And we decided, oh my God, we feel sad. We feel uncomfortable. Something must be wrong with us. But to your point, if you fail, you are going to take that. But then how do you, how do you personally use that and channel it into the next step? Because I've heard a lot of different versions from folks on how they kind of channel that failure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, what's going on in my head is just a flashback of fails. Uh, (laughs) It's like the failure reel. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's a ton. Uh, And you know, these happen. Okay. So I'm thinking of three specific ones. One is, you know, American Ninja Warrior. This season, I did the best I'd ever done. And I, you know, my express route journey in American Ninja Warrior was I started as a host. 
NBC American Ninja Warrior host with my job being to try these obstacles and, and fail for everyone's entertainment. But then season two, the idea was that maybe I would get good at this. So I basically had to get good at these impossible obstacles with my dream job in the balance. Literally, I remember being on the course, doing my hosting spiel, hey, we're here in Atlanta, and then yeah. getting up on the obstacles with hundreds of people around, the athletes, the producers, the creators, the audience failing and the first season that was applauded, the second season I was supposed to be doing better. And I would go back to the hotel and I'd be so scared that I was going to get fired. Yeah. So that's what lit the fire in me to then fault, which led me to ultimately get through obstacles. We won best series that I hosted and it led me to compete on American Ninja Warrior. So I say all that express background on my journey with American Ninja Warrior. It's been filled with fail moments. Yeah. Ultimately, and this is just the hard or the beautiful truth, depending on how you look at it, no matter what has happened, no matter what event has happened or what you've done or what any people have done, you have a choice. Fork in the road, binary, one, zero, black, white. You are either going to commit and keep going or you're going to quit and back away. That's it. How we do it, why we do it, when we do it is up to us. But that is a stark choice and the choice that will always be in your control. So if someone dumped you, if you lost that deal, if you're just not feeling like the version of you that you want to be right now. Okay. Beautiful. Do you want to commit to you or to quit and back away? And then the last thing I'll say, because we can unpack how you go about that, but when that choice, ultimately you're either quitting on yourself right. or committing to yourself. And when life quiets down finally, and it's at night and it's dark and you're going to bed, you're going to have that truth that you either quit on yourself or you committed to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that you said to yourself, because I think that's often a point that is, that is overlooked in this kind of just do it type yes. of mentality. Right. And it's like, I've always been a big fan of, I just want to be okay with me when I lay my head on the pillow, like with what you just described yeah. at night, good, bad, whatever it may be for all of my decisions. But, you yeah. know, sometimes that I failed myself is sometimes worse than, for, let me back up for a second. That was one big mind fuck on season one plus season two for you. I can imagine <laughs> like, you're like, let me fail, fail, fail. Yes. Good TV. And now I have to win like, holy crap. Yeah. But also, you know, to, to be able to have kind of that light bulb moment of like, okay, I do have a choice because there is always a choice, even when it's not a physical action, it's a choice of mentality to your point. Um, and I love the fact that you bring it back around to what you can live with as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it goes to that question of what do you want for your moments on earth? And, uh, gosh, it's just such a noisy and hectic and confusing time right now yeah. to, to, to be a human, to be aspirational, to, to want to be your best self. And um, if we just stay true to that, I, I think a lot of good will come that we can't predict just yet. Yeah. Yeah. And good. That's, that's kind of rooted in your soul, right. Yeah. And not, yeah. not externally motivated per se. Right. Cause you can have a lot of external motivation, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the internal or the yes. why, or, you know, whatever you want to call it, you're, you're really not going to get, you you'll get far, but you may not fulfill your true potential, which is, oh, yeah. unmet potential is horrible. Oh. It's that's, I mean, that's one of my greatest fears right now too, is, uh, and it's, it's something that I'll be very real. Like it keeps me up at night thinking yeah. like, is there more that I'm supposed to do in my time here? 
And it's, it's finding, it's, it's what we were talking about, about running towards while also being in the present moment. Yeah. Because it's a beautiful, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that that exists, even though it scares me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it does come back to, okay, well, what can we do in this moment, you know, to, to, because we can't solve it all. We can't do it all right now. No, no but, but you're exactly right. And I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go quote, quote, like frozen two, but like, what's yes. your next best thing, right? Or your next right thing, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that's all that you can do is kind of, or one foot in front of the other, however you want to do it. But at least, at least you're continuously moving because yeah. I'm a big believer of once you stop moving, you're dead, right? Like then you are at the failure versus failing, right? Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. You know, and I'm curious with, um, so well, well, two things, but one is, you know, how you encourage people with, because why is such a trendy. It is. Find trendy your big topic. why. Yeah. 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 And Simon Sinek and, yeah. and it matters. It is it right. Um, I'm just curious because I've, I've found, you know, in my own journey that if it's like, okay, why, you know, I think with American Ninja Warrior, when I really wanted to get good at, uh, at it the first time, okay, why? Well, I need to, for my job. Okay. But why? Well, this why? is actually my dream job. This is something that I love so much. It pushes me to do things that, you know, I, I didn't think I could do. And then I realized I don't, my why is that I don't want this version of me to die. I want this I, I love I love being this Alex. It's a version of me that I didn't really think that I could be. And so in a very real way, I was fighting for my life. And then if you got that beating inside you, yeah, I'll go drive an hour and train for four hours. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Uh, yeah. it's a lot it, that it's a it's a lot smoother to go and do the tough stuff when we know what it means. Yeah, and what's at stake? Yes, right? I think sometimes we just kind of passively allow ourselves to, be taken over or to release ownership of our paths, right? Either we just don't think it. It's amazing to me how many adults I come into contact with that I'll say, well, you know, what brings you joy or what do you want in mm -hmm. the blank stares? And I've done it myself. So it's, I'm not faulting them for that because I've been mm -hmm. that person, but, you know, to remember that you have the autonomy and that actually sometimes you just got to fight for it for your yeah. own self. And if you can't do it for yourself, find the next best thing. <laughs> or something. If you're not yeah. capable of doing it for yourself, you don't have the tools, right? Uh, I love that. I love that you use the word fight. Uh, Cause I, I, I think there is, you know, and there's a beautiful sentiment to love and, uh, and, and peace. And, but when you really start learning about what those qualities are, you do need to fight. Yeah. Like you need to be a loving fighter. You need to be a fighter that fights for peace. You need to. So I, I, I say all that to say like that quality of us all tapping into like the fight in us. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, and I see it, I see it a lot in my own life because I mean, I'm a mom of two and I work and I'm a wife and I'm a lot of the labels, right? So there are times and have been chapters where I felt like, okay, you want to maintain your sense of self, you better fight like hell. And some people may say, well, you shouldn't have to fight to maintain yourself, but sometimes you just do, yeah. you need yeah. to, right? Like you just described with doing the drive and everything, there has yeah. to be that level of a why. Well, you said, you said fight to maintain your sense of self. Yeah. I love that. Is, do you find that you need to, um, what, what, what's your best tactic for, for fighting for your sense of self? So believe it or not, I mean, it's, it's not an aggressive thing, but it is allowing space and quiet. Yeah. Yep. Right. I mean, maybe that is aggressive. Maybe that is a, an aggressive tactic, especially when we're in this go, go, go society, but 
if, if I am in a season of life where I don't have at least, I don't know, 15 non-negotiable minutes for me just to hear myself think, Mm. then there is a chance that I'm not living in my integrity and my values because I can't hear it. Right. It gets drowned out so quickly. Yeah. Yes. I mean, especially now, right. It's, 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 these are the best and the worst things. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they are friend. Yes, they are. Let me scroll to numb or scroll for information or scroll for validation. You know, I'm sure they're it's listening right now anyway. So it's cool. (laughs) hundred percent. Um, so, I mean, for our newbies, you know, our, our newer entrepreneurs that are listening, you know, once they hit that first fail, that one, I feel like your first failure, especially in business stings the most, maybe, I don't know. I'm just generalizing, but yeah, I, it can, Yeah, but it also doesn't have to, it depends right. that I think the volume of what we set that decibel to is up to us. So yeah. some are going to hurt more than others. I mean, I just, I don't know how else to say it, except that I've had some that really have hurt and I've learned more, especially in the last two years that, cause I do come from a background of just like, suck it up and do it, you know, lock <laughs> it too. up, tighten Me it too. up, you yep, know, exactly. Of course, these, there you go. No crying in this, get it done. Yes. Yep. Toughen up. And, yep. and there is a time and a place for that. Yes. But there's also a time and a place to say, all right, that really upset me. And to deal with it yes. and to whether yes. that's crime, whether that's punching, whether that's punching a pillow, whatever, or screaming. <laughs> not or a punching, person, folks. We're not that kind of a show. Yeah. Not a person. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever it might be, because I've just found in my own life that if I don't really deal with it in some way and get it out of me, one, it lingers a whole lot longer. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And two, it, it, it pops out. You know, it's that funny scene in, in a lot of movies where there's a leak in the wall and you try to put a gum on it and then it pops it, out something else. Yeah, so the dam breaks. Yeah. Out. Entrepreneurs, you, we got a lot of like go in us. It's going to pop out in a bad way, in a way that harms us unless we just dive in and deal with it. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, but I'll also say if that the fail fail becomes a failure when you stop. You know, I think about don't tell comedy. So I'm a partner. Uh, I was a part of the founding of, uh, with Kyle K.A. of uh, don't tell comedy. When I was doing a ton of stand-up comedy, Kyle and I, and, and two other people, Sean and Anna, we would see that there was, uh, I was also doing hosting for these secret music shows, which were se- so far sounds amazing. And they do secret music well, I shows. I know what so far is. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. Yes. So I was hosting, I mean, I probably hosted a hundred, 150 shows in a year, like a ton. And we were kind of like, why doesn't this exist for comedy? So far couldn't really do it because they weren't comics and right. comedy is a unique community. It's a unique uh, yep. art form. It mm-hmm. needs to be curated in a great way. Um, it's more interactive than, than music. Yeah. So we basically put on secret shows in LA. The first show we asked our friends to come, we couldn't pay them to come in a backyard couldn't pay him to come. That was a fail, right? In some ways, in some ways it was also, well, we did it. We did our first one. So that's the perspective of how are you viewing this event that you did? Now we could have most definitely said, you know, there's nothing here, but we were like, let's do it again. And we started to notice that a couple of friends started asking fast forward. We did a few more shows. Now people were, we'd have to block people out. So we started charging for tickets. Then people in San Francisco asked about it. So we drove up and we did one and it, it went okay. It didn't go great. And we could have said, you know what? Maybe this should just exist in LA. It shouldn't really, it's just an LA thing. 
But we decided to give it another crack in San Francisco, driving up five hours and sleeping on couches and doing it the entrepreneur way. Fast forward three years, we're in 40 cities. We sell out every show. We've gone to London. We've had, you name the comedians, Tom Segura, Ali Wong. We've done comedy specials and we're the largest live comedy producer in America. So why I say that and a huge, I need to uh, just give Kyle K.A. so much love for what he's doing with, with Don't Tell Comedy. It's if we view the, uh, the setbacks, there's, there's value in them. If you're pissed off, be pissed off. If mm-hmm. there's something to learn, learn it and then keep going. But don't let that pissed off emotion, that frustrated emotion, that heartbreak derail you so much that you don't get back to it or derail you to the point where you don't learn from what went wrong and you just keep doing it. But if we learn and we keep committed, you know, I just like this visual of the graph, like you're going to go up one over one, up one over one, up one over one, and you will freaking get there. Yeah. Especially because I think people underestimate the endurance factor, right? Like statistically speaking, you're going to get there if you don't quit. Right. Like, I mean, and that's, that's a big part of it. And I think like what you said too, is what is your measure of sick? What was your measure of success for those shows? Right. Like you said, you could have easily just been like, Oh, nobody showed it's that's bad. Right. But the measure was, you can, you can change your success metric, even if it's after the fact. Yes. A hundred percent. And to try things. And I think that is, you know, in, in our world of how many likes and how many people bought it and how many, it's, everything's yeah. just so dang measured yeah. that it's, it can be tough to try things. Just try it and maybe try a few things at once. And, you know, there's no harm in, in just throwing it at the whiteboard and seeing what sticks. Right. Especially, I mean, I hear people say, well, what if you lose money? That's my usual, like, I hear people say that to me back, but I'm like, yeah, just well, try it. Um, I'm like, well, what are we, then I ask like, well, what are we talking like, like, you yeah. know what I mean? And also I'm sorry, but sometimes it requires an investment and it requires an investment of time and money, the two biggest commodities. Right. Yeah. Um, and what are you willing to lose if you don't try it? Love Yikes. that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, I've, I, I've probably had, I would say three, uh, I would say painful, Um, and as I say that word, we can unpack that word, but investments into business, into myself, into career that didn't really pan out like what I thought. Now that money's gone. That money's gone. You'll hear a lot of, uh, really successful people be like, okay, well you paid tuition on that. And that's true. Right. Yeah, it is. But it's only tuition if I actually learn something and you know, it's, I, I think one thing that I've learned is trying to find this gentle and this, you know, maybe just for me, but I, I imagine someone listening may resonate with this is finding that gentle balance of teaming with people has been the greatest X factor to getting to goals. Yeah. And sometimes teaming with people where, you know, it's not my skill set. So let me hire someone, let me work with someone. Right. But also knowing that just like everything in life, there's people who give good haircuts and bad haircuts. There's phenomenal doctors. There's not phenomenal yeah. doctors. And I have a personal story with that. Yeah. But there are uh, phenomenal people and not phenomenal people to team up with. And just because someone has a price tag or a fancy title doesn't mean they're the best. So yep. do, do, do some due diligence uh, when teaming up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a coach. I hear that all the time, right? Like that people are asking for, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars. And then people think they're getting X results and then they, 
they don't. Right. So it's, it's, I think that, but that's the way of the world. Everything's kind of on a scale, right? Yes. Like you're, and you have to, you owe it to yourself to do that due diligence because if you are focused on, especially if you're focused on like, am I going to, am I failing? Am I not failing? Then if you didn't do your due diligence, then you can point right there and say, maybe that's where I fell short in achieving this. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so true. And that goes to, again, like if we're looking at our, our, our lessons, you know, I think about one where I basically invested in this company to make a course for me. And it, it and I, I basically, if I'm looking at it, I trusted in them too much. And because the skill sets that I ended up paying for were ones that I already have. I came from production at a production company. Yeah. So for them to set up cameras and edit something, I was like, hold on here. This is, we have like, massively done this. this. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just say that to say my learning then is clear communications, clear expectations, clear roles of duties. So in the fails, we have to, I call them golden nuggets because sometimes we got to go mine for them yeah. and find yeah. it. And or else if we don't, you know, I like this visual of you went out into the West, you, you went, you know, into the river, you got dirty, you got muddy, and then you found a golden nugget and you just threw it back. We have to go and harvest yeah. those golden nuggets that we earned through the fails. Yeah. And then you have a choice. Once you find yes. the nugget, what the hell you do with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is a fantastic conversation. I swear I could talk to you all day, um, but give us your last, your last golden nugget friend um, about, you know, failure for those people listening, maybe something you haven't touched upon or regarding resilience or anything that you want to leave us with. I appreciate that. You know, I'll just say that. So 2020 really rocked me. I'm yeah. sure it rocked a lot of people in a few different ways. It rocked me professionally. It also rocked me through like ninja where I broke my hand. My mom got sick. I went through a really tough breakup with someone I thought we were going to get married. Wow. So it was kind of like those jokes, like put it on my tab. Yep. It, but it, it, at the end of 2020, I had a moment and what it led me to were really beautiful things that would not have happened. One of them is I run a men's community, which we support high achieving men just to achieve our goals. And nice. that's, it's called men we admire. And it's been one of the greatest gifts to my life. Um, and it led to the book. And so I say that because a fail only becomes a failure when you stop. Yes. Like even if it's rough, even if you, that relationship ended or you missed the deal, or you're just looking in the mirror and you're like, I thought we'd be a little different by now. Don't give up on it. Yeah. Keep going, find the golden nuggets and you will get to where you want to go. Yeah. Don't let it become a label. Just let it become an ever evolving thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love, I just, the topic of failure is one that is like near and dear to my heart on so many levels I love that. because it's so yeah. misunderstood and people beat themselves up about it. And there's a lot of shame attached to it. So let's, let's denounce that crap right now. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, tell people where they can find you so they can also buy the book and do all the good things yeah. with you, especially if our male listeners are listening, please go find his program as well. Cause I can imagine that is benefiting a lot of lives. It's, it's been beautiful. Uh, so, you know, my name's Alex Weber with one B the book is fail proof. It's on Amazon and, and, you know, where books are sold. Um, and please do reach out to me if you, if you get it, cause we have these kind of communities that we support each other, specifically the, the men's group. And, you know, I just, uh, if that resonates with anybody, just reach out and we'll get you in a group because, uh, it's, it's been a savior in my own life. It's called men we admire. And, uh, 
awesome. Yeah, I just appreciate you having me, Michelle. Yeah, of course. And your website is I am Alex Weber, right? Yeah, I remember because it was yeah. it yeah. was so unique. And I was like, well played, friend, on your like social <laughs> tags and everything. I was like, good job. Good the brand Aaron May was like, nice job, dude. Oh, really? Oh, that's good to hear. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but all right. Well, thank you so much for being with me here today, Alex. This was a joy. Thank you so much. Alex is one of the more enthusiastic guests that I have had on this show. I mean, you have to be, I guess, if you're an American Ninja Warrior, you have to have lots and lots of energy and a high tolerance for failure. And I really enjoyed the stories that he told around, you know, how season one, he, he got validated for failing. And then season two, it felt like his job was on the line because they switched the script up and then he had to win. And you know, I've seen the videos of him hitting the water. I've seen the videos of him messing up on the course and to do that in front of, you know, I don't know, America or whoever is watching that and get back up again, takes a lot of guts. And I think that is a testament to, you know, his, his view of the world and saying that, you know, understand the difference between failing at something versus labeling yourself as a failure, right? One is ever evolving. Failing means that you can do it and get back up again. It's not a done deal, but the minute you label yourself as a failure, you know, game off, right? So I want you to keep that in mind, especially because this episode is bridging between 2021 and 2022. And sometimes when we look back at this time of year, we start to pick apart where we just didn't hit the mark. But I want you to take that and I want you to bring it forward with you and try again. And keep trying until you triumph over whatever failures you've had in the past. And on next week's episode, it's an encore episode, folks, because I was trying to think of a good way to kick off the new year. And I absolutely adore this person. Um, her name is Reagan Walsh, and you may remember her from season one. But the topic of her episode is the power of asking for what you want. And I feel like we all need a little bit of that, especially going into a new year when we're setting the goals and we're really kind of revisiting our vision of our life. You know, why not have a guest that talks about asking for what you want and following, you know, what your true desire is. So that is next week's episode. And if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, follow, rate, and review. And you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later.